0: <laughs> welcome to Startup second one of Podcast. My name is Jeff Bennett and today I'm with Wyatt Dyke, who is the founder of Vertex Advertising and the winner of our recent warm-up Pitch Competition held in June. So welcome, Wyatt. Thank you. So let's start off by just having you introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about your backstory, where you're from, um, and then launching into
1: Vertex Advertising and the origins of that a little bit. Definitely, yeah. So um, I actually just graduated um, over at UC Davis mm-hmm. for mechanical engineering the other day. Um, I kind of jumped into college, just focused on going into an engineering job when I graduated and everything. And then uh, the second year, when I had an internship in SF as a design engineer, um, I ended up commuting on BART and SF Muni for four to five hours every single day to get to work, um, and found out that engineering jobs didn't really suit me as much as I thought they would. Um, and so, like along the way, I noticed that the handles um, and just any other service in public transit in general were pretty disgusting. And so I figured. <laughs> Uh, why not solve it? And so after work on the train, um, the couple hours of time I had at night every day, I'd be just working on potential solutions. And then when I got back to Davis uh, later in the fall, I decided to just get really involved and jump right into it. Um, And then so Vertex Advertising was born, and so we're currently um, solving, basically creating cleaner public transportation, through antimicrobial handles and vinyl wraps and other products that basically create cleaner rides for uh, passengers all around California right now and eventually um, the country. But we do this for free to transit agencies through monetizing ad space on it um, and actually revenue sharing with them so they're paid to private cleaner amenities for their riders and then, yeah. Let's talk about this product a little bit. So holding it
0: up here, so this is one of your handles. Um, So this hangs from one of the bars, I think? Yeah, exactly. On the transits, on the bus, or the train. Um, that people can grab onto this, so talk a little bit about the, the microbial, uh, antimicrobial elements of this and then we'll talk about the advertising
1: element. Yeah, definitely. So the antimicrobial coating, uh, we actually have a partner we work with to make sure it's um, safe and effective in the transit environment. It's actually been around for 15 or 20 years, which is really great because uh, we already have that data registration for food mm-hmm. contact service and EPA exemption. Um, But we treat it with all of our surfaces, and it lasts about a year or two actually, which is surprisingly long for most antimicrobials. Um, And the way it kind of works is imagine a bed of nails except for microbes. Mm -hmm. You don't notice it on the surface at all. But when the microbe comes in contact with the surface, it just gets punctured and neutralized in a mechanical method also, mm-hmm. so that it doesn't leave chance for a super bug. Though. So it's not chemical,
0: it's actually a mechanical way so, of killing the bugs. Yeah, it's a chemical,
1: but the chemical's way of killing it is mechanical. Okay. Unlike other antimicrobials, which may kill it off through chemical reaction, which can lead to uh, microbes killing antimicrobial resistance, which mm-hmm. is something you don't want in a public transit environment, especially with it where it has a lot of microbes. Diversity. Mm-hmm.
0: And so the interesting element of this is how you've kind of married the antimicrobial element of this and so safer transportation. But you're monetizing it through ads, which you can see here
1: um, are incorporated
0: into the handle. So
1: yeah, exactly. So that was kind of our giant like aha moment when we figured out how we were actually going to sell this to transit systems. When we first came up with the idea, it was we're going to sell these handles to transit agencies and uh, we didn't realize transit agencies have to have the money to do it. And so when we actually did uh, interviews like Sacramento Regional Transit and Unitrans in the area, we found out they didn't have the budgets necessarily to provide these cleaner amenities Mm -hmm. for their riders. And so that's when we pivoted in a direction where we could provide it for free and even pay them to provide it through the revenue sharing. Mm -hmm. And so that was when we really rebranded it as an opportunity for advertisers to be um, involved in their community and help sponsor better stuff for community members as a way of branding them in a health positive Mm -hmm. manner. And then another great thing we really like about the ad space is that it's actually very interactive with people writing it because it's providing that benefit through them holding on to it. Yeah, Yeah, exactly, they're holding on to it, it's right there. Um, And it really gives basically a way for advertisers to get more measured return on what they're actually spending on advertising, which in almost any type of outdoor media, you're not gonna get So, very cool, very cool idea. So, I'm curious how, so,
0: you said you didn't have the idea for the advertising in the, in the yeah of it. so how did that uh, how long did that take what was that process like of of, of that aha moment where you figured out all oh, the advertising
1: has. yeah so um within our first week of actually even having any type of antimicrobial handle um having anything at all mvp wise we i reached out to Sacramento regional transit and a week later they said come on by let's try it out mm-hmm. on the bus and mm-hmm. so um after three months of showing like the antimicrobial is still on the surface and working, um, it was kind of like, okay, what's the next step? And then that was when we found out that, okay, they don't have the budget, or if they do, they have to wait a year and a half before they can even implement it. And as mm. you know, for startups, a year and a half is an eternity to wait for something. <laughs> um, so that's when we figured out if we switched to ad space, we could get in quicker because we can bypass procurement process. Um, the only caveat with that is that we go for transit systems that largely have independent advertising programs but it allows us to work really closely with them and actually um, develop apps that are beneficial to their community as well. Mm -hmm. And so it was when we figured out, all right, we're gonna jump into the advertising world, um, kind of jump to full force without really knowing what we're getting into. And then that's when we basically had to completely remodel how we do stuff because the advertising world, we had to figure out what exactly value-wise does that bring to advertisers. And so that was our large aha moment when we figured out we could, pivoted as a way that it actually creates a more interactive advertisement for consumers and advertisers and that we can actually measure and implement cool features like actually um, this one we have at McDonald's, we have it so that we can actually hold it up to it. I think it's on the fry side. <laughs> on you can actually hold it up and it takes you to the McDonald's app, like oh, cool. a tap and go feature. Um, and so we can do that with really any website, any um, basically website, online store, so that people in transit, they see something they like on the ad, they don't even have to like scan a coupon or something, they can just tap their phone mm-hmm. to it and it takes them right to the website or store. And we can actually count that as a conversion uh, for advertisers so they can measure yeah. it. So it's all digital and they can see right there that it came from you. Exactly, yeah. So you can like source the chip and stuff that we have in there and everything. Oh, that's awesome. So uh, it, it's interesting because you have to do customer validation, mm-hmm. not only with
0: but also the
1: advertisers. Yeah, wow. <laughs> that was probably one of the hard parts as well because our business model is largely two separate things that we're bringing together, and that's what creates the great value for the advertisers and the transit systems because those two combined bring the benefits for free. Um, but even when like pitching and presenting it, there's two very different sides to so There's the value for the advertisers we bring, the value to the transit systems, and it's merging those two together which really has made our business model work really well. Was that one of the biggest challenges you had is
0: those two streams and those two kind of customer touch points?
1: Yeah, I think that in general, um, having a complicated business model, especially explaining it within three to five minutes, usually a pitch time, there's a limited amount you can touch on in each space. So it's really important to merge them together in a cohesive way that um, investors and other people you're presenting to can understand what you're doing. So that was definitely one of the largest. Mm-hmm. I like you see some of our early on pitch decks and presentations that. Probably wasn't nearly as refined as it was to this day. Um, even then, it still always can get worked on. But another one of the hardest things I would say throughout the whole startup career has been doing it at the same time of school. <laughs> because you can imagine uh, startups pretty much a full time in itself, and then you're bouncing between being a student mindset and then running a company mindset. And it's very conflicting too on how much time you can spend on each. Um, so I'm really excited to be able to work full time on it. How did you manage that, to be a full-time student and a full-time startup founder, essentially? <laughs> yeah, so I actually uh, probably missed more class than I'd like to admit. Um, you know, seeds get degrees, as they say, uh-huh. but a lot of it was just figuring out how to prioritize what's the most important thing that needs to get done that moment in time. Pretty much every single day you have to go through. This is the stuff that immediately needs to get done today, and then this is what you can see it done time it's, yeah time management becomes a huge factor because you have such a limited amount of time that everything has to be useful in that sense or else you won't be able to do it all mm-hmm. um, especially even starting out as a solo founder for the first year or so it kind of multiplies the workload effect you have from mm-hmm. um, the startup as well
0: so you mentioned earlier you initially you went to school you worked out you were just an engineer so you didn't really have that those yearnings to become an entrepreneur um, that wasn't so this is kind of just oh I think I'll be an entrepreneur so
1: so how does that evolve How is that idea of oh I'm an entrepreneur now and yeah. that's like my career path? I think since I've always had a little bit of an entrepreneur bug in me um, like when I was in high school um, early on in college too I remember I loved to bake actually mm-hmm. so I'd like bake a bunch of fudge sell it during like Christmas time or something make a bit of money mm-hmm. um, early on I was really interested in Shark Tank and like watched it with my dad <laughs> and everything and I remember. Uh, the first time I ever had an idea for a product, I called up a company to like talk with them about it, um, and then I'd actually forgotten to explain what the product was <laughs> to them. Um, so I like early on, I made a lot of mistakes in like figuring out how to interact with potential customers and stuff. And then when I went off to college, that's when I kind of decided, all right, I'll just you know do engineering and kind of give up on that dream a bit for now. Um, and then I decided just to take a jump with it, and uh, it honestly feels at home working on the startup mm-hmm. every day. Like I could be working on it. 12 14 hours a day, and it really is just always fun for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's nice to wake up every day and like look forward to working on yeah, okay. um So definitely, I, I'm i really glad I took the jump and ended up going into the entrepreneurship world, because a lot of the events, a lot of the people you meet, it's really just amazing Once everything that's happening, especially in the Sacramento area. So so let's dive into maybe a
0: little bit about how, how has engineering helped you? As an entrepreneur, because an entrepreneur, you have to eat everything. We're all yeah. business business. But as an engineer, you, you've got a product, obviously, so that
1: helps. But um, how else has an
0: engineering discipline and training education helped you as an entrepreneur?
1: Yeah, I feel like um, I'm actually really glad I ended up doing engineer while I may um, neg on it sometimes. Like it does take a lot more workload, especially when the start But you get to understand the technical background on a lot of stuff. So even if you're not the one designing the tech in the end or later on in the company, um, you can actually work with the engineering team, decide like, okay, this will and won't work based off like what you know of it is like from your background. And so I think that really goes a long way um, in understanding in-depth conversations, especially when you're talking about like manufacturing partners um, and stuff like that, because it's really been helpful to be able to just mock up a quick CAD model. Like these are even prototypes of our new handle we have. Kind of, um, so that's kind of a new sleeker design that has more of a honeycomb pattern. It'll be the same polycarbonate plastic, um, but the goal is to kind of attract attention to the ad space, have it more ergonomic to hold on to. Will so this be clear again? You know, like, like yeah, so to? that'll be clear like that. Um, it'll basically just be a lot easier to install, um, handle the ad space and all that, so that it's easier on our end to manage and install for the transit okay. agencies, so they don't have to have their buses out of um, out of service most of the time. And then even if we sell it to larger ad agency corporations then it's easier for them to manage and so it has better features for their advertising. So you're already on version 2.0. Yeah, exactly. We're actually setting out to manufacturing. We should have some polycarbonate prototypes on in a month or so here, which is wow. exciting. I guess we just don't get yeah. this one, <laughs> really cool. So um, what do you think is the biggest, uh, we
0: talked a little bit about the challenge of uh, yeah. both, but as, as an entrepreneur, what is like, is there a moment where you, uh, a, key, a, a part of your history is as an entrepreneur here that it was a challenge you had to overcome And you look back as a big win, and how did you do that?
1: Yeah, Um, I'd say kind of back again towards like school being the biggest challenge and deciding, like, I wanted to do this at the same time I was doing school, Um, which a lot of people, especially like whether they're at Davis, Sac State, somewhere in the area, um, it's really hard to like get into it when you're in school, but I recommend like getting involved because that's one of the best things I think you can do, especially in the entrepreneurship community is just jump full force into it in a sense because you're going to learn a lot as you fall down that well um and then otherwise like a large challenge is just breaking out of your shell a bit and figuring out ways to like meet people um like going to even events like the startup Sac events has that's been really helpful for us because coming from an engineer background you know two plus years ago very different person than i am today and mm-hmm. how i like, Talking with people and everything like that, so um, a lot of it I feel like is just personal journey as well. Because if you imagine it, you're still a growing college student at the same time that you're building a company in the sense that you know you're progressing both at a fast mm-hmm. rate. Um, so a lot of it is you're growing up and getting involved in like real world things a lot sooner than you normally would. Um, so that was probably one of the other challenges is just. Figuring out how to do everything <laughs> as you're running basically with it. Well, so after so you've yeah. done this work, because I remember we, as we said earlier, you were the winner of the recent
0: <laughs> our most recent start Sackformat pitch, um, and I sat in with the judges when they were deliberating on this, and they were all very impressed with, with you and, <laughs> and how well you explained things and your computer, how you, well, you knew your product, you just knew everything, and they were like, "Wow, this guy is good." Um, so you've done some really cool things. Anything in particular that you did prepare to, to pitch or present and have that presence and that knowledge about everything?
1: Yeah, I would say that um, a large part is knowing your audience and like what you want to focus on presenting to them. Like Since we realized that it was going to be largely investor-based, we wanted to make sure a large part we conveyed to them was that they understood our business model clearly how we make the money back that they would invest into us, like what it goes into, like our funding round right now, it goes towards launching into three or four transit systems, manufacturing setup, and IP development, and, like things that'll get us to the next milestone. Um, and we realize that if we're able to convey that we can make it happen if we have the money to get to that next point. Um, and then that next point will, is what gets us to the next point and like show that we have like our milestones in mm-hmm. place um, we wanted to highlight that, so that's one thing we made sure to do in our presentation. And then also having um, an exit strategy, because um, even you know early on, an exit strategy is pretty vague for most companies. Uh, but really, our business model lines it up so that we're ideally routed for an acquisition because we're um, acquiring independent advertising managed transit agencies ourselves so we can get those exclusive and then partnering with large outdoor ad agencies selling our products that's already in their inventory Mm -hmm. and use um, so that if we get acquired for a real estate which a lot of ad agencies do then it's a lot easier for them to just integrate it into their system because it's already there Um, so a large part was just being able to convey the right stuff to the right Mm -hmm. audience like we're presenting to um, something that's more disinformational, we have a lot of different focus, like we want to present the benefits of the public side, the benefits to the advertiser side, not as much this is right. gonna come back to you in a sense. Yeah, so different deck, different presentation. Yeah. Different so let's talk
0: a little bit about where are you at, uh, what's next for you guys, where are your, what are your, well first, what are some recent wins? I know we, I think we saw you five or six weeks ago and I know you've had some success. In, so true. let's see, let's hear about what is, are what is the successes you've had since uh, that warm up pitch? and then jump into what's going
1: what's up in the future for you. Yeah, so in the past several weeks um, we've actually had a lot of fun stuff. We actually were in Boston last week for a VentureWell grant we won. We were part of E-Team Stage 1, so we're applying actually being E-Team Stage 2 for another grant um, sometime in January, which will be exciting again. Um, we're actually working with the program director there a bit on developing out our uh, business model a little further, getting into some new transit agencies, and then um, also in general, just getting further on the prototype side because this is like a large part of launching our next system. We want to merge away from the ones that are just existing. These actually are the prototypes we use that you can just buy in general. The, they take a long time to install, or yeah. pain to manage the ad space. As you can imagine, this has four screws you have to take off to right. swap out every ad, which is a pain to do. Um, and then we got verbal approval from the transit agency down in Los Angeles to actually start marketing our, um, the ad space there which has been the most exciting part because now we're reaching out to a bunch of advertisers, potential brand partners, um, to be the first ones launching in there. Um, and so we're really excited to be able to have a system we can work with that's large scale, um, involved with a lot of its community, and start to be able to spread this to millions of riders throughout California.
0: Awesome. So you also mentioned earlier before we got on air about uh, connecting with some of the local uh, investors and advisors and just uh, partly through, through more on pitch. Talk a little bit about how how that is impacting you, being able to connect with with the investors and the mentors and advisors and and the movers and shakers
1: here. Yeah, I think especially that's what I really like about Sacramento is that um, it's on the up and coming right now. So it's a great time to get involved and be able to work with a lot of the people at the top that are pushing the growth. Um, And if you really show that you're passionate about what you're doing and ambitious to make this happen, um, that's something that resonates with them a bit more and they can recognize it and that's really um, I think a large part of why we've succeeded as much as we have so far um, is just kind of the grit and determination of grinding through making this happen the whole two years while being in college and then working on it full-time now that I've graduated um, which is incredibly exciting again um, but I think being having the opportunity to meet with them and convey your idea in entirety is something you don't often get to do. You know, they talk about like an elevator pitch, you only have 60 seconds to talk with something about it. That's the great thing about pitch events like this um, and tabling and exhibiting is you get more than that 60 seconds to have them more involved in the Mm -hmm. conversation and really be able to convey a lot more about the value your business is bringing to people throughout the world and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one thing that I've really enjoyed is just being able to be involved in the community and then again, in turn as we've gone bigger, trying to help other entrepreneurs grow in the system as well. Um, There's a program my friend Matt started over at UC Davis called Plasma, it's like an accelerator program, um, largely for UC Davis students, but we might expand it outwards to more Sacramento members um, this coming year. Mm -hmm. But so I'll be a director next year for that, helping bring other entrepreneurs up um, from idea to company. So that's one thing um, I really like about the ecosystem here is that we can help build it in the sense, even if we're not as large ourselves yet. Um, so, kind of just giving back a little bit as we go. I applaud you for that. It's <laughs> awesome getting the entrepreneurs involved in, in the ecosystem building efforts. Yeah, That's awesome.
0: So, you mentioned um, product, you know, two and some grant stuff. Where, where do you see yourself, maybe let's say a year from now or five years from now, or
1: what's or yeah. is that the exit period? Is five years from now? Or um, I would say exit periods four to five years from now. Um, ideally, we want to have at least eight or so trans agencies before getting acquired um, and that's like kind of like a minimum baseline really We just want to get this into as many places as we can and benefit the people riding um, That's the large reason why I started this is because I saw everyone packed like sardines and bark um, I wanted to do something about it And so it's really cool just being able to even see your product in market and um, have people like even the ones in Davis unitrans I've had seven or so students just send me pictures of them holding onto the handles, which, is, which has been pretty amazing seeing that like, people enjoy using it and appreciate um, what we're doing. But I'd say the largest thing um, is just getting into more transit agencies, having some cool brand partnerships where we can actually create really interactive um, campaigns right now, like the tap and go feature we have going mm-hmm. on. Um, we're also working on being able to measure a cognitive perception difference through the advertising. Huh. Um, so we're we we're, we're in preliminary talks with like a company to actually be able to measure if people feel differently holding on to our handles with the ads than right. traditional handles. Um, in a sense, where it can, like see if they have a change in like personality or emotion or something in like a pilot program. This wouldn't be something we'd actually do in the transit systems, but we can do um in like a test area or in a controlled area. Um, but really, just being able to bring more value to the advertisers, the ad agencies, the writers, and the transit systems, because those four things are really what built us to what we are and we want to make sure that we're doing our best to serve them well.
0: So, if you have an accident 4 or 5 years, you're still really young. Yeah. What, what are you going to do, do after, after that? that? Have you got aspirations that. for other things
1: or what's your aspirations after the exit? I think the most fun part about doing the work um, in the startup world is building the company. So I, right after, I'd be too bored if I didn't jump mm-hmm. right into mm-hmm. another one. Even right now, as you know, going along with it, note down little ideas in my notepad as we go, mm-hmm. um, just about different potential companies to explore afterwards. Yeah, so um, exactly. Amazing. Yeah, like the money's one thing, that'd be cool, but uh, really the coolest part is building something that people use, like especially every day, like an entrance system, and that's really been the most rewarding part. So definitely just jumping into something else right after, maybe in the sustainable area, we'll see. Or maybe a couple
0: week break, maybe. Yeah, you know, a couple (laughs) couple week
1: vacation or something like that and then jump right back into it. But um, it would be hard to be sitting down too long without jumping into something. I can see that. I can (laughs) see that you're you're eager
0: to contribute. So um, as we wrap up, um, any words of advice or inspiration, encouragement for other entrepreneurs
1: out there? Yeah, um, I would say just get involved. Like I know that's something a lot of people probably say, but you really do get to see what it's like um, being in the entrepreneur world from going to events, talking with people, um, just even sharing your own experience, talking about what you're potentially looking to do in the future. You never know who you're going to meet because a lot of the help we've gotten has just been talking about what we're doing and then having some of that resonate with someone and then it ends up bringing us to the next level in some sort of way. So, um, being involved and just not being afraid to fail a bit. Because I mean, your first product's not gonna be anything near what you want it to be, but just getting in front of the customer and having any type of feedback that you can use to build it. Because in the end, they're gonna be the ones that build it for you. You're just the one that physically makes it from what they want. Um, So that's kind of like the main two advice because I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs don't want to put their idea out in the world until it's like picture-perfect and in my opinion that's a mistake because a lot of our feedback we've gotten has been from showing our product Mm -hmm. and it's not at its best. Um, so, hopefully, next version it's even better. And then, even from there, we're going to look back in two years be like, well, what was that? Yeah. And then, even so, have it even better later on. Um, so, I think just getting involved and then not being afraid to just take jumps every once in a while. Good advice. So,
0: uh, before I forget, how can people find you? So, hold this up. So, it's Vertex Advertising, explaining the yes. website and whatnot.
1: Um, so, you can visit us at vertexadvertising.com. Uh, that's V E R T X. Um, but we're basically trying to, right now, we're bringing on advertisers in our uh, Torrance Transit location in the LA area. So if anyone's interested in potentially being involved being a com- community uh, partner or sponsor with us there, um, definitely reach out to us. Um, or if you have any connections with transit agencies or marketing agencies, because that's largely um, our large area we're focusing right now. But um, just in general, keep an eye out for us on the buses. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, well, All friends. right. Thanks, thanks. Jeff.